you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Would never get benched for Colt McCoy. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room just filled with hero- heroes, teeming with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hi, Diane. Hey, there he is. <laughs> He's back. That's your Im- imitation of our imitation? Yes. Hey, Dane. Hi, Diane. Wes back from his uh, marathon tape study on his off day. How did it go, by the way, Wes? Uh, lots of afternoon sleeping mixed mm. with film study, but then I couldn't sleep all night. The Bears night. still win? The Bears won, and Jay Cutler <laughs> had one drive the entire game. Mm. What was the biggest takeaway from your film watching? If we might just take a peek behind the curtain. My biggest takeaway was the Broncos concentrating on establishing the run with two undrafted backs, which tells us a lot about where the NFL is now with running backs. And it also tells us that they wanted to keep the opposing defenses honest because they were blitzing so much the previous couple Mm. of weeks. That is why they call him the scientist. That's why he's also known as the mailman. He's so knowledgeable. He has two nicknames. Big show today. This is our Wednesday show, a special show pre-Thanksgiving. The schedule got bumped up a little bit because of the holiday. So for those of us in America, great country this is, happy Thanksgiving. And to all the listeners abroad, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Well, you, can, you can celebrate Thanksgiving if you want in any country. You, you guys could think, just get some turkey or, and be thankful. Well, the and... concept to some, especially in the United Kingdom, is not a totally welcome concept, I would imagine. Well, what? Why would they have a problem with us discovering the land? Well, hey, we didn't discover it. <laughs> That's true. Let's get down to business. But B, like, it's like we completely disjoined from your country. Right. Do you think England's still bitter about every single no. country that used to have dominion over? Not at all. They... But it's they're not probably saying, you know, this is the day that we really want to get down and Never. enjoy the consequences. But it's just no. an excuse to eat and drink, basically. By the way, I know where Mark yeah. Sessler stands on the Washington football team's uh, nickname. Just want to say no. that. Ooh. I have no opinions about anything. <laughs> Use I, that as a quote for I the think, show and sell it. <laughs> I think Mark, who lived for a long time in the UK, yes, maybe you still harbor some resentment. Well, over I was the three, so I don't know where their head I, was at politically. I but. thought that was just an age shot at Mark. I thought you were just saying Mark has lived for a long time. <laughs> uh, so great show today. Great show. Wes, great to have you back. It wasn't the same without you. Great to be back. Greg, we felt the same way on Sunday without you. Mark and I. The Cal Ripkins of the room just keep it. You know, we stay <laughs> here. We keep clock this in, clock angry. out, day after day. Um, so here we are. Uh, we are going to uh, go through all the games on Sunday today, and uh, we'll go go through all those games on Sunday. The Monday night game, the Jets back in prime time on Monday. I know America is ready for that, uh, as I am, and some great games to get to. But there is a marquee game. I this kind of rem- the game that we're about to get into here, and this is of course the New England Patriots and the Green Bay Packers. To me, this conjures up memories, while it's not totally clean, in ter- ter- it's a little apples and oranges, but the old Niners-Cowboys matchups in the early 90s where you look forward mm. to it like it was a playoff game even though it was the regular season. Here are the two best teams in football right now squaring off at Lambeau. 
So why don't we start right there and get right into it. We'll talk about that game. This is a game uh, where the Packers are just killing everybody right now. What is the um, – the Patriots have won seven straight games. They're, they're doubling everyone in scoring over that time. Average, average margin of victory, 40 to 20 over the past seven weeks. The Packers are nearly unstoppable or unstoppable at Lambeau, it feels like right now. So now here you go. Unstoppable force, immovable object. Who wins, guys? I think we all picked – Green Bay outside of yeah, I'm Greg, so why don't you defend? Yeah. Well, I don't need to defend it. Full. First of all, it's a better Patriots defense than we think. I think the, the winning team here is the defense that truly is better than they were early in the season. The Packers have gotten a lot better. The Patriots have too. I mean, they have the best secondary they've had in a long time. Chandler Jones returned for a limited practice here. People kind of forgot that their best pass rusher hasn't been around for this entire great stretch. And it comes down to Belichick whether he can cook up a scheme on defense to slow down Aaron Rodgers like he did for Luck and Peyton Manning. See, I look just as quickly at their offense where it's they're almost like a college team in the way where they just go in, they take away the best part of the opposing defense and game plan week to week. We don't see the same offense from New England from week 10 to week 11, week 12. It's they'll, they'll change it up and put different players in there. I can't wait to see how they attack Green Bay's defense. Aaron Rodgers is the toughest quarterback in the league to prepare for, though, because he's got the pre-snap look and the smarts of Tom Brady, but he has the athleticism of Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson. So it's like you can come up with a great plan. He's the best at the league at winning late after you've already come up with a good defense to stop him, and then he just creates craziness. Yeah, let's see how – let's see if the Patriots can stay in here till halftime Woo! because no one else is. Ooh. I mean – 30 to 3, 38 to 3, 42 to nothing and 45 to nothing I believe have been the halftime scores in Lambo the past 4 games. Right, but who who are those against? I mean Minnesota, Tomato Carolina, Chicago and Philly, which was a legitimately great win. The Patriots are are going through the best stretch that they've gone through in more than a decade. I think this is the best Patriots team since 2004. Uh, 2007, obviously, as well. Uh, I forgot about that for a second. But <laughs> but if you think of the stretch that they're on, I mean, even in 2007, they never had a stretch where they beat four straight division leaders or co-leaders by an average of 40 to 18, by more than 20 points. I mean, you really can't have a more impressive month than they've had over the last month. People are going to get very um, hung up, and rightfully so, on the quarterback matchup between two future Hall of Famers. Very interesting to see what goes on in the backfield here. Eddie Lacy, by the way, who started off very poorly this season, has returned into a monster in recent weeks, both as a receiver and running the football. And he's up to – out of nowhere, I think he has nine or ten touchdowns now. Uh, this is something – a guy who did nothing for mm. September all of a sudden has some really nice numbers. And the other side of the ball, I find the Patriots intriguing because who's going to be the guy back there? Jonas Gray, 200 yards, four touchdowns uh, two weeks ago. Then he gets benched after o- oversleeping. And Legar Blunt comes in and rushes for two touchdowns and look good, looks good doing it. Who do we see being the, the main guy in that backfield, or is there not a main guy there? Well, I think the Patriots approach every game planning their backfield to – it totally depends on the opposing defense and the matchups. In this game, the pa- the Packers' run defense has been better, but for a while they were the worst run defense in the NFL. I would imagine they plan to do some running. I think it's also something where you change it up quarter by quarter, and the, the Patriots and the Packers are very good at that, That where they'll mix in the up-tempo in the second quarter because Dom Capers is kind of one of those game-plan defensive coordinators where he's going to cook up some things, and you never really want him to key on it, and it's a good matchup kind of with the coaches between McDaniels and Capers. Well, I think we talked about the Patriots' secondary. The Patriots' 
aren't allowing anybody to run the ball the last few weeks either. Mm. Ever since the Denver game, they've shut down running games. It does bode well that against Detroit, Golden Tate has been amazing. Him and Megatron, I thought that was a chance for New England's defense to get hit up a little bit there, and they shut that team down. So I think we'll Gerard Mayo, you miss him as a Patriots fan that he's not there, but Dante Hightower has been playing at a higher level than I think Jared Mayo's played for the last Greg, few years. Greg, as a Patriots fan, do you feel like – are we correct in what we've been saying all season that you simply just glide from one beautiful mountaintop yeah. to the next? Yeah. <laughs> well, that it is, is what you do as a Patriots fan. It it's is like, nice to have a game like this where you would hate to see them get blown out, but it it's kind of like you could accept that loss that it's just a great football oh, event. Oh, I don't even I'm like this saying. narrative yeah. because it, if anything, it's the other way around. They're the in Patriots Green Bay. are blowing everybody out. I don't care where they're going. Why are we not assuming that they might well, blow you out the Packers? Them. Why didn't you I'm take them? I'm just saying. I'm not, I, we're not always right, as the standings clearly indicate. <laughs> like that, We should not overlook that the Patriots could lay a whooping on the Packers because they're killing everybody right now. They're playing at another surprising. level. Right? I, am, I am loving the fact that I have a potential hero pick for a team that it just had the best month in about seven or eight years of any team. Mm. That's what we're saying. One ease after the next. It's what a all, life. It's all soft landings. It's a you can beautiful still come life. over. I mean, you can come over. There's, we got a couple of years left of Brady and Belichick, maybe two. I'm not joining Just a couple. Team. It won't last forever. Let's move on to our second game we're really excited about, and it is the Denver Broncos, the defending AFC champions, head to Kansas City. The Broncos, of course, coming off that comeback win over the Dolphins, and now the Chiefs get the Broncos at home. This is a huge game uh, for both teams, really. Denver comes in at 8-3, and three, Kansas City at 7-4, and four, so first place is at stake in this game. Uh, I'll start with you, Greg. What are you looking for in this game? Well, if the Kansas City Chiefs can come up with a better way to get to Peyton Manning than, than Miami did, because after two games where Peyton Manning and that offensive line looked very ordinary, they got the ball out of his hand so quickly. They played almost a perfect game against a really good defense. Now they go to a hostile environment. I think Kansas City's defense is good enough to give them problems and that this will be a tough game. Well, as we mentioned in the beginning, the Broncos came out and established the run. They weren't even in the shotgun to begin the game, which is unusual for them. They just ran heavy, and that totally stopped the Dolphins' pass rush. It kept that blitz from being – I mean – Justin Houston's been on fire. Dante Poe's been on fire. So it's it's a more difficult matchup. But I like what I saw of the Broncos' offense. You know that oh, Denver they were great. is – They were almost perfect. You know they're well coached under Adam Gase too. When their running games seem completely anemic, they take, as you mentioned, a couple of undrafted guys and then set them free. I mean, that's, that's good preparation. And the Broncos, something that was a weakness a month ago, is turning into recently a strength for them. I, I like that about the Broncos. Kansas City, blowing that Oakland game is going to haunt them because that killed their wiggle room. They, ha they have to win this game. That would give them a season split with Denver. But we all took the Broncos, right? I don't think anyone took the Chiefs. Yeah. I, I think this is more of a coin flip game, though. I mean, I took the Chiefs when, when Seattle came, I mean, came in and they took care of business there. Just because they had a really ugly Thursday night game against Oakland, I, I'm not kind of throwing in the towel. They were very good for and, a while before that. And I remember, what was the game where – Denver spanked someone, and I remember you wrote the post that they're the best team in football. It was about a month ago now. I'm trying to remember what that game was, but they were playing 
The Broncos are playing at a, a, the level the way we view the Patriots right now. The Broncos, it shows you how quickly the NFL changes and how things change. But they do seem vulnerable the last month or so. There seems to be something a little bit off. So that's why I totally agree this game can go either way, especially playing it in Arrowhead. God, I almost want to get frisky and go with the Chiefs, but I, I'm not a man. I never Do thought it. that I would be more excited about the Chiefs' offense just because Donnie Avery is probably coming back this oh week. Oh, my gosh. But they've needed him. <laughs> they don't have any other receivers beyond Dwayne Bowe. They've needed Donnie Avery. Are you at all disappointed, I'll throw this out to anyone, uh, with the Broncos' defense? Because we kind of thought that this was going to be a top-five defense, and it's been good, but there's a lot of great players. But, you know, when you see him against Miami, when you see him even against St. Louis, like, they, they're not playing at that level. They're certainly not a f- top-five defense anymore. They seem to be going through a rough stretch the last couple of weeks, but Von Miller dominated that second half against the Dolphins without sure. recording a sack. He was in the backfield almost every time Tanhill dropped back. They but, only need to be dominant in January. That's what they were built for. I mean, it sounds it sounds simplistic, but the whole point is that's where they fell apart last season. You, you don't want to go to New England, and if they can win this game in Kansas City, the rest of the schedule sets up fairly well for Denver to run the table and really force New England to also run the table to keep that one seed. Uh, by the way, Wes mentioned Von Miller. I believe Von Miller was near the top of your list of top 10 comeback players of the year. Ooh. Could access that vanity URL that Greg put together, NFL.com slash comeback. Is it true? Well, we'll I do it by the, by the time people hear this or watch this <laughs> on NFL now. We'll get it Where done. was Miller? Three? Second. Second. Who was number one? Wait, don't say. Go to the freaking website, bro. <laughs> Professional teaser. And sisses watching. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, that's it for that game. Um, <laughs> unless we have something else to add. Yeah, just I don't just fluff so. it off. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. No, read Wes's content. It's usually very, very insightful. I wish you would read it. I did read it. Oh. I read it today. How would I? How else would I know that Von Miller was in the top three? That's true. He was. He Proof. was complaining about people in uh, honorable mention, like Jason Pierre-Paul. That's true. Uh, Wes taking shots at me. And Mark read your content, the rookie content yesterday. I don't believe wow, that at was all. That that was what wild. Was, that what I was the believe. theme this week? Because each week there's a different theme. Yes, the theme. Well, the theme which I thought was really well done, finding hidden gems in the back oh, of the draft. Oh, we got it right. Eat wow. it, because I'm the champion here. <laughs> All right, you read my you read my piece for the first time in seven months. Or you read, you read the headline. You guys are spoiled. Yeah. As I tweet out your content and read it all, you won't give me any credit. <laughs> You're right. Wes, just for this, You're I'm right. going to do extra research notes content today. I hope you Get learned ready. how to use it. I am the king of the research notes. You are on a hot streak. You finally learned how to use them last week. <laughs> all right, okay, before we go on, by the way, we have – let's get real right now. We have a new sponsor. Our whoa, first sponsor – on the podcast. Uh, yeah, all right. Cole and the gang are sponsoring us? We're getting rich. Money's good. Right? Wait, oh. Not sorry. at all. Okay. This, all this money is funneling straight into TD's bank account <laughs> and then is being sent up to shadowy league figures. We will continue to just entertain like jesters. <laughs> TD just, he, he sang, he did it. He That's his embezzlement music. Um, all right, so here's a, uh, we have an endorser. It is FanDuel. How's your fantasy team doing? If you're like me and like the whole around the NFL crew, you'd probably love to start over and get a new team. My team's good. Speak for yourself. <laughs> your team stink. <laughs> I you would guys start don't over. even set your lineup. Your season's over. Kate Mara will rise again. You could, you can this weekend. You could get a new team with FanDuel.com. 
Tell you a little story. Chris Prince from Detroit, avid fantasy football player. He's won over $656,000 playing fantasy sports at FanDuel.com. Join him and the hundreds of thousands of other users who have what already are we doing? won money. I don't know. I want 650 k Do you even know what FanDuel is? I know you see a lot of commercials about it. I know what FanDuel is. I don't know what $650,000 is. FanDuel weekly fantasy. The leader in one-week fantasy football leagues. The money is real. Entry fees start at just one buck. No season-long commitment, no upfront fees. You can play each week or whatever you want. You can set up a new lineup each week and every week if you're good enough. It's if you're good enough. If you're tough enough, Big you it. can do it. Anyway, go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code AROUND and sign up now. The new user special is ending soon. FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar up to $200. That's up to 200 bucks free. Yowzer! Offers good uh, for the first 50 people that use the code around, don't forget to use mm. my code around. That is FanDuel, official sponsor of the Around the NFL podcast. They're going to be using – we. our code has got to do better than the other podcast code. Oh, That's what I'm that. saying. People are listening. Check in on the code. Or you could just be this gentleman from Detroit and not worry about producing a are show or having a real job. You just knock it out. Get Chris the cash. And I, Chris I mean, and I got out of fantasy too early. Chris, I think we should get back in. We could tag team this one. Chris Prince, what yeah. a hero. Anyway, so uh, that's that. How was that, uh, TD? Were you proud pretty of well, us? Pretty well, pretty well, pretty solid. First first good run in our new sponsor. I like know? it. Well, I yeah. think we deserve think a little. I love it too. I feel like we deserve a little treat now that we are uh, really kowtowing to the man with our new sponsor. I want to play a game with Wes. Why don't we play a game with Wes? Good. I like <laughs> All that. right. I don't know if you guys heard uh, Katy Perry was officially announced. <laughs> this game's going to be great. I have no idea what it is. Uh, but Officially announced as the halftime performer at the Super Bowl in Arizona. Hopefully we'll all be there to see Miss Perry do her thing. Uh, Wes, I, the first thing I thought of was you when they made the announcement because she, this is a very famous artist. Wes, uh, Greg, you're aware of Katy Perry's work, a general idea. She's so big. My father-in-law, who lives in Japan emailed me just for my thoughts on it because he, he's going to be going to the game this year. And he's like, what do you think of this big Katy Perry show? It's got buzz internationally. I liked when you told the story originally and tried to say it like your stepfather or father-in-law. Would, yeah, I would have an HR coming in. I enjoyed that. So, yeah, the Katy Perry, Mark, you know as well. You have two young boys, but everybody knows Katy Perry music. Yeah, you'd have to essentially have you know existed underground to not know. Who. Now, I don't know every one of her songs, but I certainly know who she is and what her whole thing is about. All right, so I'm curious. Yes, a lot of people, but does Wes know Katy Perry music? So I decided I uh, worked with TD on this, uh, <laughs> a great producer behind the glass. Uh, Ideas not generated by Mark and Greg. And I want right to just quickly, uh, you know, I want to hear. I want to know if has Chris Wessling heard of this Katy Perry song? So let's start with one right off the bat. Uh, let's go with the first one. Yes, I've heard of that song. Wow. That was the one that I knew I was going to know right off the bat. I, there are no others that I, I could tell you. I can't tell you any other titles she's had. Okay, okay. Let's play a game then. Since you knew one, I'm t can you take off your headphones one second? Sure. Okay. All right, TD, play the second song, and then I'm going to ask you guys if you think Wes will know it. Yes. I'm going to say no. No. I mean, Chris is out in public places a lot, and this is everywhere. Okay, Wes, the can's back on. I trust Chris's I'm gonna reaction say, that he doesn't I'm going to say anything. he doesn't know it. Wow. Okay. And what do you think, Rick? No. Okay, so one yes and two no's. Go. It's like the biggest hit of 2012, I believe. I have no really? idea what the title is, but I believe when I was in Vegas, I heard this in the day club, nightclub. 
Yeah, it would be hard not to have heard it. <laughs> right. All right, so that's a yes then. You What's have the name it. of that song? Firework. Not something I would ever listen to. Okay, uh, let's play. Headphones off one more time. One more song. Let's do this one. So that's a victory for Mark there. All right, this one's for a sandwich. Here we go. I got the eye of the yes. I don't even know this one, to be honest. Yeah. So I'm okay. going to definitely say no because okay, I don't Kans, even know. I think I'm going to call an upset. Yes, he knows it. Mark? Yeah, no, I said, yeah, I, I've oh, been okay. out to taverns with Chris, and I know this is right. played in, right. the, in the room. I feel Let's strong. put a sandwich on this one. I feel strong, no. If I don't know it, Wes doesn't know it. So sandwich? You and me? Sandwich. Okay. Whew, come on, Wes. Getting culture. Wes, if you just lie, you got to have the sandwich. <laughs> I'll, you. Give no. you, I'll give you three quarters. <laughs> Honesty. <laughs> I got the eye of the tiger. I kind of like this one. But have you heard it before? I have heard of it, and I'm guessing the name is Eye of the Tiger. It's called Roar. Oh. And by the way, thank you, and thank you for the sandwich, Greg. Uh, TD and I, we were sharing an email. Uh, shamefully, both like that song, unironically. I, it's a catchy it's a, tune. I like it's it, too. It's a sneaky, legit workout song. Yeah, Same. it is. Yeah. And I think that's where I might have heard it. Mm. That was going to be my guess for the sandwich. We've been right. to, what, three that Super Bowls? That was the Katy Perry game. Together? Yeah. I have... No, not watched a second of any of them, this halftime shows. Maybe maybe a second of Madonna. Yeah. But this is the one I'm excited for. Stop. But you know who's excited I, for I, I would have a sandwich that you won't watch a I second of this I am allowed to be excited for you know it. Who no, but I, I, yeah. don't believe, I don't believe it, and I don't even believe no, you'll I'm pay attention when the moment Perry. comes. No, I'm kind of into Katy Perry. I like, her, I like know, all three of those songs. You know who is in on this? Papa Hanses, Keith Hanses, my dad. Big, Ka- big Katy Perry fan, and I won't get into details why he loves her so much. Loves Katy Perry. Looking forward to potentially seeing her in a live venue this year. <laughs> if I was in charge of entertainment, it would be like Emmylou Harris and Bonnie Raitt doing the halftime. Emmylou Harris reference! <laughs> Actually, it crossed my mind to include Emmylou Harris as a curveball at some point. There's but, no, I would get all of that. Yeah, I know. I think NFL media is definitely going to heat see Chris for next year's show. <laughs> all right. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> Emmylou Harris definitely doesn't have any videos where she's wearing – a bikini with firecrackers blasting off. Emmy Lou Harris, That's 67 her, years not. old and more attractive than That's Katy Perry. <laughs> oh, no. Wes. <laughs> this is getting weird. Dude, Wes's lowest moment has just occurred. All right. Uh, I wish you weren't a liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look up Emmy Lou Harris after the show just for that. All right, She's so, a fox. Silver-haired fox. By the way, you can age with Grace, and I'm sure – I'm not she saying has. just because she's older, she's not – Katy Perry is an attractive – there's that – oh, she is – she is hanging in there, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But let's come on, Katy Perry. I don't think you should knock Emmy Lou until you nah, lift her up. No. Okay. She's a very attractive older woman. All right, let's move back on to the games. Um, uh, Greg, very happy to, back, to by see the way, us get back, back in the track. back in the seventies, though. You're you're right. I know. Foxy. But I, well, I was like me high to a June bug. West West sometimes lives in the seventies in terms of pop culture. So I think when you think of her, you're thinking of that twenty four year old version. Nah. Well. The 70s were the best music. <laughs> right. As you've said many times. Yeah. That would be the 90s, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much a rule. To, Everyone to always likes the music that they were listening to when they were 17 for the rest of their All lives. Right. They always is, think that was yep. the best. That's, That's really more about when you're born. nothing quite well, like 90s R&B. <laughs> Oh, yeah. By the way, that's not even the best 90s R&B song. It's that not. would be No it's, Diggity. It's just the one I have. No so, Diggity is you know. the oh, no. essential this, 90s R&B Return of the Max better than No Diggity. All right, let's get back on track. I mean, that's a nice little picture from <laughs> back a fix in the day. It. The Cleveland Browns are heading to Buffalo to Orchard Park to face 
the Bills. The Buffalo Bills coming off that wipeout of the Jets. They get to return home. They will be able to play at Ralph Wilson Stadium, which is good news for everybody involved with the Bills and uh, who live in that area. So that's good news. And now the Browns coming off what was a really dramatic win in Atlanta. Now go to Buffalo. And this is uh, – hmm. I wouldn't go as far as saying it's a playoff game for both teams. I think for the Bills, it's very close. So that 6-6 six and six probably does them in. But let's face it, the way the AFC North is shaping up, uh, the Browns at 7-4, and four, if they fall to 7-5, and five, it might be hard to get into the playoffs without winning every other game for the rest of the way, which probably won't happen. So big game here. Mark, your initial thoughts, because I know you started on one side of the ledger, talked about it on, the, on our previous show, and now you're going to the other side. Yeah, I picked Buffalo out of the gate because while you're right, their w- Cleveland's win last week was exciting. It was not very impressive. And Buffalo's defense, I just don't like the matchup of what Cleveland has in terms of their offensive line and their ground. They are ground game dependent, and they're running up against what is probably the best defensive line in the NFL right now. I think the X factor is if there's any more chemistry, because this was off last week. You know, Josh Gordon, 120 yards. But it kind of happened in a way that you don't really would re- wouldn't really remember how it happened. It's that easy for him. But but Hoyer probably missed 50, 60, 70 extra yards and a potential score to, to Gordon. Some weird Gordon stuff after that game too came out this week. Whether Petten publicly said you got to you know do a better job fighting for balls and going up to get balls, and then Gordon told our own Nate Burleson that he was shunned by some of his own teammates in the locker room during suspension. So I don't. I guess Gordon is kind of an interesting guy to keep an eye on the rest of the season. Give us uh, an update on where you think the Browns' offensive line is, because remember, just early in the year we thought, okay, this is like the next best group to Dallas, and then Alex Mack leaves, and you were basically blaming their struggles for a while on Alex Mack being out. Where are they now that they've kind of settled in? Because this, I agree. I think the Bills' defensive line is the best in the league by far. Well, I think it's it's been. Hot and cold, but they run his own blocking Another Katy scheme. Perry song, by the way. There you go. <laughs> Just constantly drawing yeah. that back. Uh, you know, they had a practice squad guy that they put into the center position in his own blocking scheme. It's a hard role to jump into for a guy that really has no experience. They've gotten the Bengals game. They ran the ball very well, I thought. And against Atlanta, you know, we saw Isaiah Crowell. Have I'm thinking his best more game. even in pass protection too, because the Bills, you know, they're they're a fine run stopping team, but they Their are pass a protection tough, has been pretty good all year. They are a tough team to stop if you need to th- to pass. I mean, the Jets found yeah. that out. When when you get behind, they they go crazy. Could be a tough one. Any thoughts, Wes? You guys covered it all. Wow, Wes picked the Bills. So yeah, we Wes again going against the Brownies to the. It's end. what I do. Yeah, that's what you do. And by the <laughs> way, the the picks are really heating up because Mark made up three games on me this week. Greg picked up a game, so Mark and I are tied at first place. I picked up a couple games. Greg, you picked up two games. You're two. Uh, okay, you're one game out. Patra, two games out. Wes, unfortunately, has not made his move yet. It's time to get going. Wes. Mailing been, it in. He's been forked. <laughs> Uh, so that's where we are in the standings. So now it's getting really – it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. We haven't decided what the – we should get like a championship belt or something for this group. I don't know. Throw an idea. Well, then I like that. Well, well, this <laughs> is, Who doesn't like a belt? This is the yeah. swing game because Patra, Wes, and I have the Bills at mm-hmm. home, and you guys went with the Browns. Yeah, so we'll see how it plays out. Moving forward, the tennis <laughs> – Yes? The Texans are playing uh, against the, the, the Titans – the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans, this at Reliance Stadium, and uh, Wes's boy, Wes's favorite quarterback in the NFL, Ryan Fitzpatrick, back in the lineup. 
now that uh, Ryan Mallett has been sidelined for the season with a pectoral tear. So you have a little Mettenberger Fitzpatrick showdown in Houston. Houston basically done, you know, five and six, but we can put them to bed officially as in the hunt on those screens when they show the playoff rundown. If they can't take care of business here, uh, how do we see this playing out, guys? Mettenberger versus Fitzpatrick is my own personal hell. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, there's a guy who writes for the Titans website who asked me to analyze Zach Mettenberger this week. He gave me three questions and I filled them out and. I thought I did, like, you know, a pretty thorough job, and he emailed me back this morning. He says, yeah, this is for the Titans' official website. We shouldn't, we shouldn't try to skew quite so negatively. <laughs> Can I change your wording on this? <laughs> what did you say? Well, what do you got to be honest? What does he want? I, I said he's been wholly reliant upon big plays and broken coverage. He doesn't sustain the offense or move the chains, and they only score on big plays. He's a statue in the pocket. He holds the ball too long. And I don't think he's their quarterback of the future. Who would you re- – if you're a coach, you got to win a game, you got Fitzpatrick, you got Mettenberger. That's <laughs> uh, sad. Mettenberger, if, it, if it's garbage time. Well, well you no, know, you're starting <laughs> the game, <laughs> all things are equal, and you need to win the game. I'd take Fitzpatrick and feel very confident about it. Mettenberger's wow. 0-4. Wow. Great. This is a player in Mettenberger that people disagree on. Greg Cosell – has been effusive that he thinks Mettenberger is not just the answer in Tennessee, but he that he's going to be a really good quarterback. Shocker. Well, he loves that type and of – he, he was his number two quarterback. loves statue quarterbacks with huge arms. Yeah. He was his number two quarterback going in. But he says from what he's seen on the field this year that it's almost like it's decided Mettenberger's going to be good. I, it's That's a strange thought for Well, me. Greg Cosell knows how to break down film a lot better than I do. So I'm not seeing what he's seeing. There, uh, you got a hero pick on this one, by the way. Yeah, I was just gonna say, we uh, Wes, we know how desperate he is because he went with Mettenberger to take down <laughs> the Texans <laughs> on the road, no less. Away we go, Zach Mettenberger, new type of Zach attack. Well, one of the reasons why I did that is because the Titans don't lack talent. Delaney Walker is a pro, pro Bowl tight end this year, making mm. plays every week. Justin Hunter can make big plays. Kendall Wright's a very good receiver. Nate Washington is not a bad number three. Out of all the rookie quarterbacks, Mettenberger has by far the best surrounding talent. Dan's breaking out in hives with all this Titans talk. <laughs> yeah, we, I, don't, I don't even know who we're talking about, so I feel uncomfortable uh, being someone that's trying to drive the conversation. Let's, what the hell's going on? Let's here? move on to Indianapolis where the Washington uh, Redskins are facing the Colts. The Redskins' big announcement this week, they have now – abandon RG3 for the season and perhaps forever. They've sat him down in favor of Sessler's boy, Colt McCoy, uh, who will take over as a starter for the rest of the season probably if he stays healthy. And they're facing the Colts, who are at home, seem to be in a really good position here. But as crazy as it is, and we would have never thought this, it shows you how crazy football is six months ago, but the Redskins are probably in a better position to put up a fight with Colt McCoy than RG3, correct? No question about it. I tweeted last night after we found out the news. The Redskins had to make this move. I don't know what position RG3 was playing the last two weeks, but it's not quarterback. The craziest moment of Gruden's press conference today was there was a question whether Griffin is a better (laughs) or worse player than Gruden (laughs) when Gruden arrived. And Gruden squirmed like he was 
being interrogated in a murder trial, and he just sort of made a funny face for like 10 you, seconds. You could see the panic in his eyes when the, co- the woman asked the question. He had no idea. Eventually, he got around to some point that didn't really answer the question. And then another, another answer for him today, he said, Kurt wasn't happy when I went to Colt. Colt wasn't happy when I went back to Robert, and Robert's not happy that I went back to Colt. It's like a merry-go-round. Well, hold on. Part of this is <laughs> there. Like, you go. Gruden. Yeah. Gruden was very clear that RG three wasn't his guy months ago, and this is basically you thought that Gruden was coming in for all the things about him that I didn't love as a head coach. The concept of him running an organization that his work with a quarterback in theory would be his strength. They're exactly where they were a year ago. Yes, they're not going to do quite as strong of a shutdown of RG3 that Shanahan had. It's the same thing. They're right back in the same place. But do you put that on Gruden? I put back on a little bit in the fact that they're cycling through to their third quarterback again. And will Colt McCoy finish the season? I wouldn't bet on that at all. We could see a new quarterback next week when they get whacked 31 to 7 in this I, game. I think Jay Gruden, he talks a little too much. I think there's something maybe he'll learn in time. I, I like when a coach is honest with the media, but he seems to always say a little too much more than he has to, which is going to get him in trouble. It's done the same thing to his old quarterback, RG3. But, but back to RG3 a second, by the way. Uh, we were talking about Greg Cosell, too. We, he had a piece this week that I read. They had, he had a screen grab. This just shows you how lost RG3 was. And I don't know if it was Gruden that contributed to this or Griffin just completely um, just continuing to struggle to a point where he's not even a quarterback anymore. Uh, Cosell had a screen drop, grab of the drive where the two wideouts on each side were running outs on each side or, or, or uh, out routes on each side where they were open. They both broke open. He had three check down guys in front of him all wide open. So he had five open guys. He missed them all, didn't read it, didn't see it, scrambled, and then threw it out of bounds as pressure got to him. I mean, this is a broken quarterback. He's a lost puppy behind center. Broken beyond repair, at least as far as, this, se- at least as, far as this season goes. Yeah. He has to be, Cosell has pointed this out, and it's obvious watching. He has to be reprogrammed or rebooted, and I, I'm not sure that he'll ever be a good quarterback just because he was such a dynamic athlete when he was a good quarterback, and he's not that guy and, anymore. Yeah, physically he's not the same player, but I mean, as Greg pointed out in a post last night, if Kevin Cobb and guys like Matt Flynn can get teams to keep believing in them over and over, RG3, if he's not on the Redskins next year... He won't be, I don't think. All right, and I don't think he should be either, because this drama has gotten insane in Washington, but some other coach or a number of coaches are going to vie for this guy because they're going to think they can fix what's going on here. Bills. We were talking... Yeah. Oh, God, please no. We were Titans. talking about tortured fan bases downstairs this morning. Got pretty heated, actually. And I don't want to hear a Redskins, Redskins fan tell me that they're the most tortured fan base. It's been a rough couple decades now. But in general, I, they got those rings. They should be happy. But I will say this. Uh, I got, I'm bummed out if I'm a Redskins fan because I have my big matchup with the Colts. And when I looked at this in August and I was really excited about this <laughs> season, I thought it was going to be RG3, Andrew Luck, the two studs of 2012 going head-to-head. Now that guy's sitting on the sideline. It's over for RG3. It's crumbled so quickly. It's amazing. It's they had one playoff game. or They've had a couple little things with Chris Sims or Bruno. But for the last decade, they're up there with – the worst, most I would definitely because say. the the emotional pain of all the drama and just being kind of a national embarrassment is always there. Greg also mentioned that the Patriots were up there because they had lost a, a number of Super Bowls. <laughs> uh, that we all took the Colts, of course. Have you looked at the 2012 draft class? Speaking of RG3's benching, you have luck. Okay. Then you have RG3 benched, Trent Richardson, the slowest running back in the NFL, Matt Khalil, a swinging gate this year, <laughs> and last who assaults year. fans on the. Uh, on the Morris Claiborne, a bust. Oof. Uh, Justin Blackman. 
Justin Blackman indefinitely suspended. Oh my God! And the seventh pick, Mark Barron, was just traded a month ago by the team that drafted him. Yikes! So don't even top seven. Sometimes picks. it's the year that you're drafting there, because it's not like all those teams are just stupid. Well, they, the next players well, don't would have go gone look, high. <laughs> 2013, <laughs> yeah, just as equally a mess. All right, moving on. This is uh, let's get through this game pretty quickly. The New York Giants are heading to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. The Giants almost beat the Cowboys. They came so close to beating the Cowboys in their building, didn't work out. And they face a Jaguars team, which is going nowhere at 1-10. And, and I, I found it interesting that Gus Bradley came out and basically, basically tried to light a fire under Blake Bortles a little bit, I think. He said, you know, we believe in him. He's talented, but we haven't seen as, as much as we thought we were going to see. Was this a smart move to do through the press the way they did? Why not? I think it shows that he isn't that he thinks Bortles can handle it. You know what I mean? That he's not going to be too sensitive. I don't think that's a concern for them with Bortles. A lot of times when, and this may be not the case in Washington, but in other places when quarterbacks hear their coaches say that in to the media, they're hearing that in meetings. It shouldn't be a surprise to Blake Bortles that that's the way they feel. I mean, how many things coming out of Jacksonville even reach a national audience? I don't even mm. know if I heard that. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it was they, on our site, but... Well, I'm not paying attention, <laughs> apparently. Maybe they had the right idea in August. They should have stuck with Chad Henning longer. Oh, Bortles, I don't... I, really? Bortles doesn't trust his O-line at all. When I'm watching that game, he's, he's throwing checkdowns every play. I don't know if they should have stuck with Henning because we all pushed for the opposite. Yeah. But, but what's happened is was their greatest fear, and it's why they were anxious about it, and they got fooled kind of by the preseason. Let me, let me ask you guys a question. I'm just curious. Uh, you're the GM of the Jaguars, and your boy Reggie... Reggie McKenzie calls you up, old Ridge, and he says, hey, I want to offer you Derek Carr for Blake Bortles straight up. Do you take the deal? No. I'd rather have Bortles. I would take I'm just Carr. doing a heat check on, uh, wow, so you're ready to move on I, I, I would. Bortles as your boy. Not moving on. He's not my boy to begin with. I thought he was your boy. You oh, were high I, on Bortles. I think that Bortles, in theory, in the way he is physically, was someone that most most GMs probably would look at higher than Carr. But Carr, to me, he's got some moxie. I kind of mm. just like his whole makeup. You know, boy. <laughs> you know, I was thinking like Tom Coughlin. He's been good with quarterbacks. He's returning here to Jacksonville. Maybe after the game, he just stays and becomes the Jaguars' coach. His foundation is down there. He's he gonna coach till he's a hundred. He lives down there. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's the next guy. Like Ninety-five. They years trade old. coaches. By the way, let's not leave out the really the only reason to watch this game. Please, I'm amazed we Tell spent us. this much time. I know. On I can't believe it. Odell Beckham. Oh, yeah, he's point. awesome. The most fun player to watch in the NFL right now. You can assign me this I game, even though I hate the Giants and the Jaguars are unwatchable. Sold. I, I'll take it just to watch we Odell. Got, we have a lot of early games, only two late, so you're each getting two, and uh, you're sold. Uh, moving on, we move on to the Minnesota Vikings, who are at home. Outdoors, Mark, not under the uh, Teflon Dome. They're at home. They will face the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers, who for all... You know, for all intents and purposes, should be out of this thing. But they're actually just a half game out of first place at 3-7-1, and one, as pathetic as that is. So this is a game where there is something to it. The, the Vikings can't make the same case for the Vikings. They're done at 4-7. and seven. But the Panthers still have a shot to save their season after all of this. Is there any way they, they – well, first of all, we'll start with this game. They're going to take care of business. And if they do, are they going to put together some type of run and maybe be the first NFC South team to ever repeat? Ooh. I took the Vikings because the Vikings' defense is, to me, the best group in this game. I don't like much about this game, but I like the Vikings' defense. To answer your question, I think the Panthers are a fundamentally flawed team, both on the offensive line and in the defensive backfield. I don't think they can they can put it together. It would be a disgraceful 
repeating of division winning to, to where they're going to have to believe like a five game winner winning the South if they pull that off. They've been outscored by, by 85 points this year. And to put that in perspective, the only teams that have been outscored by more are the Bucks, the Jags, and the Raiders, and the Titans. So, like, the worst teams in the league, that's that's Carolina. Speaking of rookie quarterbacks, I got in my notes the past two weeks the same note on Bridgewater. Takes a lot, too, way too much effort to throw his deep ball. He reminds me of Dalton a little bit that way. And that was the pre-draft comparison from some people to Dalton. I don't, I don't like where he is right now, and, and I wouldn't be that excited about him. You remind me by notes about my research notes guy that I have to my left, and I'm scrambling now because I don't think I'm prepared. No, Dan, sit, keep sifting through. He's it, flipping pages here. Cam Newton is one and one against the Titans with three touchdown passes in each start. No, that was not good. What? There got was, it. There was nothing the Vikings useful. or Titans. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I got it out there. The note from the guide. Uh, how do we do? How do wow. we pick these games? We. We all shockingly all picked the Vikings. Not shockingly, but I'm a little surprised. We are out on the Panthers, the former team of ATL. Uh, moving forward, the New Orleans Saints head to Pittsburgh after blowing three home games in a row. The, the Saints now go to Pittsburgh, where things do not get any easier to face the Steelers. Uh, big game, very big game for the Steelers. A- every game for these AFC North games is so hu- teams is so huge because they're so tightly packed. Seven, three, and one, and then three, seven, and four teams. The Steelers, one of them. And then, of course, the Saints, who are 4-7 and seven and tied with the Falcons atop the NFC South. So, is a, again, one team's well over 500. The other one's well below 500. But both teams, it means a lot to the playoffs. 50 points over under for the Steelers in this game. Oh, I thought you meant for both teams. Come no, on. I'm, I'm just saying the Steelers. Under. I'll take the under. I'm sm- 50, huh? I'm, su- I'm smelling a 50-burger. Wow. At least a 40-burger. This is the under. feels high, This is the underachiever bowl. 57 to 35. What? I feel that way about Pittsburgh, <laughs> wow. but a lot Their less so. Their defense is terrible. I like it. It's bold. They, well, we're talking about a team that lost to the Bucks, lost to the Jets, barely beat the Tech. Barely beat the Titans, barely beat the Jaguars. They're underachievers. And this, so by the, the way, this was my Super Bowl that I picked. <laughs> really? <laughs> Yes. Wow. Yes, by the way, we laugh game. now. Our two Saints Super Bowl not... games in, in one. By the uh, way, Mark, here. more like the toilet bowl. <laughs> well done. You Thank messed you. up. You picked the same. Multi-talented Dan Hans <laughs> strikes again. I came up with that. That's an original comment. <laughs> did, I, did I just shut down the whole podcast? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> it was, that it was, was a clunker. Because if you guys aren't ready, I have another note to read. If you Shocking. guys got nothing else to say. Someone say Is something. Is this one relevant? Maybe. It's vaguely relevant. The Saints are 1-7 in their last eight road games dating back to last season. Turnover differential of minus 11. <laughs> Awful road team. Thank you for that. Thank you. I, I want to see, see how the Steelers recover without LeGarrette Blount. Hopefully they recover better than Mark did <laughs> off my to- toilet bowl comment. Hey, now. What, what was he getting, five carries a game? I'm just saying, glue guy. You're going to miss, <laughs> you're gonna miss, yeah, miss that guy in the locker room. Uh, how do we pick this game? All Steelers. All we Steelers. all picked Pittsburgh, yeah. God, I, thought I, don't I, don't we, I don't know if we're going to pick really? the Saints again this year. Yeah. Well, this, you're going to pick the Saints a lot. If the, the Saints only see the tomato cans. Yeah, if the Saints only had one win, then it would be a no-brainer. you got to go with them. They, they are good enough to stick in this game because it's it's crazy Breeze is getting killed for a bad season. It's like every mistake he makes turns into a pick. He has had a bad pick. season. They'll put up 30 points, though, in this game. It's only because of what he's been. He's fallen off this season from his Yeah, he's race. like a 10th or 11th quarterback they, this they year. They he's supposed to be ton, third or fourth. They dialed up a ton of yardage on Monday night, which is completely lost in the fact that they had those mistakes. But 
This game could be a fun watch. Steelers defense is getting a lot healthier. Your Super Bowl pick for this, it's still in front of them. I mean, they, they've been up and down and a little disappointing, but they've got it all in front of them. They're for in Pittsburgh. Fine, for Pittsburgh, this, yeah. not New Orleans. Your Super Bowl still could happen. Yeah, still mathematically, could. a whole bunch of things could happen. <laughs> all right, moving on. The Oakland Raiders, who finally got that first win, that elusive first win on Thursday Night Football against the Chiefs, head to St. Louis to face the Rams, who are either uh, – the worst best, uh, the worst good team in the week, in the league, or the best bad team in the league. I'm not sure, but they're they're feisty on a, a regular the best, basis. Best bad team, I guess, right? They're a bad team. You were trying to clown on them because they're a four and seven team, but you watch them every week. They're a good team. You can't they, you can't just excuse their offense. They have a good running back. Oh, I like Trey Mason. <laughs> like, I mean. I guess my point is: is there a big difference between not to pick on you, Mark? Here, is there a big difference between the Rams and the Browns now? I mean, is there a big difference between the Rams and the Bills or the Chiefs? Yeah, I, I, I think don't the think the Rams' so. offense is not well coached. To yeah, start. they have the exact opposite rep record of the Browns. That's a big deal. But you change a couple plays here or there for any team, and you yeah, can but then reverse nothing, two then, games. But then nothing means – why are we doing this podcast? Then? Then nothing, no. nothing means I'm saying anything. You then. watch the eyeball test, that the good teams that they beat, and I think they're the a Rams good team. The Rams had like a horrible eight eight defense for half the year, and they've had a horrible offense for most of well, I'm talking about them now. The Rams' defense yeah, is pretty good now, though, right? Well, now they're is. pretty good now. Their offense is way below average. They beat the Broncos – they beat uh, the 49ers. Let's see. Let's By see the way, other teams Wes, do that. how about you take the Raiders then? The Rams? The Raiders. Yeah. If you hate the Rams so much. When did I become a Raiders lover? <laughs> I don't know. You just think the, <laughs> the Rams, Rams stink. Take the Raiders. The Rams do stink. Look, if I was Richard Sherman or Anquan Bolden, I would point out that the Rams don't matter in the NFL. Mm, they go seven and nine every year, and they refuse to draft a quarterback. They don't matter. Mean. That's the, a, that feels like a mean The Raiders have It's not a, my fault. It's theirs. By the time this game is played, the Raiders haven't lost in more than a week, more than two weeks. Abba, you can't abba. kill Wes for saying that Team A stinks and then picking them against a team with one win. Well, you, I was. well that was that a was joke. A, that was, that was a joke. Joking. I'm just, you know, pr- introducing some logic just, into that equation. Mark's mad at me because I took a small like, well, no, thought no, that maybe the Rams and Browns are so different. Thing. It's not Browns. What it is, it's... You're looking at a team that's seven and four and one that's four and seven and saying they're the same thing. It's like, well, then why think, are we playing these I think, games? I guess my point is, if they go on a neutral field, I think those teams are even right now, Browns and Rams, and I think Rams are even or better than with a lot of teams. That's probably the, true of eighty-eight percent of the league. I though. think the Browns win six no. of those games. I think the Browns win seven. What do you Did think? I even say I ten games? Win five five or six. Six. I, I was just saying one. One of them still has Sean Hill as its quarterback. That's fair. That's very fair. All right, moving on. The Cincinnati Bengals head to Tampa Bay to face the Bucks. I got a little overly excited about the Bucks, thinking they were going to make a nice late-season run, and then they laid a stinker in Chicago. They're 2-9. and nine. They're awful. Forget them. They're bums. And then the Bengals, they've bounced back nicely, of course, after their meltdown against the Browns. They've won two straight weeks. Andy Dalton's playing better. Things seem to be doing well. And, and Greg, you were – I was looking to tee you up on Sunday's show, but you weren't able to do, do it, talking about the backfield in Cincinnati and how that is something that could really help this team down the stretch. I hate to say it because I admit I don't really enjoy this Bengals team, but they are rounding into form, and uh, there's a lot to like about them right now, <laughs> including that backfield. I mean, Jeremy Hill has gotten better each and every week. Gio Bernard, there's not many one-two punches that are better than that. And this is what I, I think when – you know, Hugh Jackson came in. This is what he pointed to in the offseason, which so often those things don't happen. But they're running the ball enough where 
The point is you don't want to have to make Andy Dalton throw the ball every game 50 times. Like what? how many games this year have A.J. Green, Gio Bernard, and Jeremy Hill been on the field together? Two? One? Yeah. The last one? They look pretty good. And Green looks 100% now. And by the way, uh, Jeremy Hill is averaging five yards a carry, and it's not a small sample size. It's 131 carries. This guy touches the ball. Good things happen. He had a great sequence about the three-minute mark in the fourth quarter last week. He had a really nice reception and had a really quick cut to kill the clock that a lot of running backs wouldn't have made. That was the first time all year I was like, oh, this they might have something. In this well, it's interesting that he was in the game there at the end on a passing down and that he made a catch really to win the game. If he gets tackled there, he doesn't catch that pass, Texans have a decent chance to go down in, and try to win. In that Jaguars game where he first blew up, he had some cuts in that game where I think that's not what he was advertised on any level as when he came out of the draft. And he's more elusive than you think, and he can run inside. I think he's, he compl- is a perfect complement. And you know A.J. Green's feeling good because early in the first quarter, he caught a sideline pass over A.J. AJ Bouye and turned to the Texans sideline and said, you better get someone else on me. You better get someone else on me. <laughs> How Ooh. demeaning. That's like, a, that's like a West playing uh, cornhole move. Just like he he, he he throws that thing in the hole, and he's just like, you better you better get another opponent up here. I mean, you love to trash West, talk. By the way, Wes coming to Hansis Manor for Thanksgiving. I told him, bring the boards. Oh, they'll be there. Bring the boards, and we'll see what Maybe happens. Maybe get Jack involved. Get my young boy involved, just to watch, just to get an idea of what the game's all about. It's, it's the future uh, national pastime of America. Uh, so we all took the <laughs> It's bangles. already more exciting than baseball. How dare you? You know what? He, I extend an olive branch, and you go after my sport. Oh, sorry. By the way, I look back. TD is so bored right now. What's up, guys? Look alive. <laughs> Let's look alive, away. TD. That's good. We're I'm almost here. done, TD. We're trying to get out Let's of here. Let's attempt professionalism. He's uh, like, he's like uh, doing that. He's doing little tricks to keep himself awake. <laughs> he's, he's, actually, he's actually testing his pulse to yeah. see if it's still going. <laughs> uh, moving on, the Arizona Cardinals face the Atlanta Falcons. The Cards got humbled a little bit. They went up to Seattle and got beat, and they didn't move the ball on offense against the Seahawks defense, of course. Now they face the Falcons, who, you know, the Falcons are in first place, four and seven. First place, so another bad NFC South team uh, trying to fight for playoff positioning. Big game for the Cardinals, though, of course. As we said, if they can't take care of business here, all of a sudden they got a one-game lead in their division as you hit December. Well, they have three points in their last seven quarters. Mm. I've, I've picked against Arizona too much this year, but I'm surprised just to hear kind of the mood like, well, if, the, if they don't get it done, you know. It's like if this is Atlanta, and Arizona's a tough team. From everything I've seen out of Arizona, I expect them to go in there and kill them. Like, their defense to play great, to come out with a really great performance. And it doesn't mean they're going to win the division or anything like that, but they're going to go and they're going to beat the Falcons. I think it's what's lost a little bit watching that Seahawks-Cardinals game from last week is how insane Arizona's defense was earlier in the game before the wheels fell off a little bit at the end. This game doesn't seem that different to me from an offensive angle. Like Cleveland last week going into Atlanta, that concerned me as a Browns fan. Arizona's offense cannot run the ball, and there's nothing with Stanton at quarterback that makes you super confident about what they're doing through the air. But the defense against Arizona against Atlanta, that, that could be the X factor. I think Greg nailed it. The Cardinals are a very tough team. They're, they're what the Falcons thought they might be in. Hard knocks, right? And yeah. I don't, I don't mean they put up forty points. I just think it's like twenty-three to seven, and it's not too in doubt because I, I just think this team has yeah. something. It they has might, enough to win games like they this might have easy. too much backbone to really go into a tailspin. Uh, 
But, yeah, we, they got to score some points. I th- they're the kind of team I don't think they're going to let down against a bad opponent. I think I just think they don't have enough firepower now against good opponents with Stanton under center. I don't know if Larry Fitzgerald is playing either. He's got that MCL sprain. you got to wonder in Atlanta's locker room if they're wondering, A, is the coach going to be here a month and a half from now? Are any of us going to be here three months from now? Yeah. I mean, Matt Ryan knows it. Julio Jones knows it. They know they're there. But there could be a big rebuild coming in I've Atlanta. I've seen enough of Mike Smith. And they're going to Get Green Bay. Then they host Pittsburgh. It's like, yes, this team's in first place. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they finished 5-11. and 11. They stink. Win the division at 5-11. and 11. How about that? <laughs> I'd like to see what stink. another coach could do with that offensive talent. Hmm. Interesting. And you will get a chance. Good luck. Here we go. Finally, Monday Night Football, the Miami Dolphins, who are uh, really hanging in there at 6-5, and five, almost beat the Broncos, fell short. So now they're in an essentially a must-win situation or very close to it against the lowly Jets who have uh, benched Michael Vick now and gone back to Geno Smith in a move that has John Idzik's fingerprints all over it. So now you have Geno back in the lineup. Mo Wilkerson might not be playing, so the Jets' best player might be out of the lineup. So everything's shaping up for the Dolphins to take care of business in the Meadowlands, but the, the Dolphins don't always seem to do too well with good fortune. So let's see if they take care of business here, but they should win this game. Am I right? You know, that change also is, was a mouthwatering move for us, Dan. We win a oh, sandwich. Yes. We had a little proposition. It screwed me. Baby, you're a firework. It screwed me. I mean, woo. There it is. I've got fireworks going out of my shirt right now. Look, this is an outrage. It was down to this week, by the way. So as much drama as you can have in a in a sandwich proposition. All the reporting was that they were going to stick with Vic. Right, and Idzik sounds like he wanted Gino in. He's like Rex, uh, sit down, big boy. You're no longer in charge right here. He pulls up his khakis. Look at this, baby. If Idzik <laughs> made this decision, it must have happened three weeks ago because that that's the mean? only way we would have found out about it. Somehow a, a, a carrier pigeon landed and found out that Rex had said in a conference call that Vic would probably still be the starter, and Idzik sent the carrier pigeon back the other way and said, oh, no. That is, I'm not happy about this one. I, I like, by the way, is it first time I, I think I've ever really th- felt this way as a Jet fan. I'm all in on the, on the tank fest, the suck for duck, 2-14, and 14, and away we go, and I like it. you got Geno Smith throwing picks and being disastrous. You got Mo Wilkerson shut him down with that toe injury. Let's go into the tank big time and then start fresh with a new regime and a new quarterback. Well, this morning at work, we looked <laughs> so depressing our, to say all that. By our way. picks got published and we noticed that Wes had picked the Jets. And we thought, <laughs> now he is just at this point giving up on the picks. But he comes Smoking into peyote. work. He comes into work and he realizes that he picked them before the Monday night game. That's how long ago you because made Because the they looked so week. good before that Monday night game. Well, fair. Yeah. But now it's – of course you can't pick the Jets. But you know what? I think you just switched out of a win because you don't go get blanked on Monday night two weeks in a row that badly. Watch the Jets win this game. And then everyone says, what's wrong with Miami? You should pick them, Mark. Maybe I will. Across the board right now we have the Dolphins, but who knows? Maybe the Sizzler Please. has a Cessna. Please, Mark. The Dolphins. Donate. <laughs> Give me a donation. Hey. The last time we challenged you, you switched – to a pick that was right, Dallas and Seattle. That's maybe, right. Maybe this is another time for you to do this it. This is saying, a real Sessler right now you're having. I'm not having a Sessler. Oh. I'm just saying I might switch. You'll have to find out. Please just do it. Your maybe boy, Bill Lazor, has saved Philbin's job this year. I think he will, He they, as Henry Hodgson predicted, maybe Lazor will be the head coach. Well, I think <laughs> Greg has astutely pointed out that they're basically running, today, by the way. They're running a combination of Chip Kelly's offense and the 2012 Redskins offense, and it's doing wonders for them. Yeah. All right, so that's it for 
the Wednesday podcast, a special early podcast uh, with Thanksgiving around the corner. Happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners from the States. And I guess I didn't know this was happening, but all the non-Americans who celebrate the holiday or just eat turkey on a Thursday. I don't know if that happens. But anyway, thank you for listening to the show. That's what we're thankful for. Great fans. What a great audience. The best. Have. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. I mean, people have been – our Twitter followers, the little mm-hmm. – Jokes that we've been getting, the money tags, the, I po- the Photoshop stuff. Wes, you got someone, someone it's wrote. outstanding. We have the Someone best wrote fans. the lyrics to Hurt Hurts. Yes. Oh, we have a podcast fan named Max, and he, he had great lyrics written by Greg. What was the line about the talent show and the triangle? Something about the talent show is so far away, I think I'll put my triangle away. Something <laughs> like that. Brilliant. I mean, Greg, and we're, by the way, Greg, you're not getting off the hook about Delaware. Saw, we're going to yeah. get in. We might have to do a whole podcast by the way, about Greg's uh, goth alternative band in the 90s, report. Delaware. We saw some guy who is making his top five Twitter recommendations for podcasts for all the people that follows him. And number three was the Around the League podcast, uh, Around the NFL podcast, the only sports <laughs> one on the list. And he's like, his description of the podcast was oh, it's just three regular guys <laughs> laughing and talking football and a goth band singer <laughs> like what the oh, well, I he nailed an, it I have an update from the drummer he oh, contacted what me is it? and he can't find the video but he has stills that he can alright well that's a good start that's a good start we're going to get to do. the bottom of this there is a Sapruder film element to this at some point we're going to get video yes so thank you so much for listening real quick and, we can't give yes. a shout out to our fans without giving a shout out to the main man Tristan you know? Oh, sure. Uh, Big thanks to Tristan. The captain the captain, of the fan base. Captain. Agreed. For sure. All right. Good. How much did Tristan pay you for that interruption? Uh, I like don't that. Don't worry about that. All you right. got, also, you got, got money, money coming in from multiple <laughs> channels. It's disturbing. It's like the warden in Shawshank when the poor <laughs> construction guy delivers the pie with the 20s underneath it. That's TV. He goes home and polishes our stitcher. Hey, he's dirty. All right. That's it. That's it. So, yes, happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back on Sunday night with another recap podcast. Uh, this is Dan Hansis. Signing signing off for the Sizzler, the Mailman, the Boss, and the great TD behind the glass. Happy Thanksgiving. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.